Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us here on the first day, the WIBC Sunday magazine show. I'm Terry Lynn Stacy, along with Kylan Callie. Good morning. I'm so happy you're joining us for the first part of your first day of the week. Oh, she's hot today. Uh-oh. My phone's on. Terry. <laughs> I hope you're all doing well. Listen, we've got a little sunshine now peeking through here on Monument Circle. And uh, speaking of Monument Circle, it is ready for the holidays. It is ready for the holidays. How about the snow yesterday? Coming down in barrels. And it was a beautiful sight as the uh, IBEW 481 volunteers were stringing the lights to transform Monument Circle into the Circle of Lights. If you happen to miss it and you weren't just driving around whenever the 300 members were helping put it up, we have some Facebook pictures on our first day page. So go check them out. Go see all the snow, the reindeer flying in the air as they craned them over to the fountain. It's really cool. They did. They craned them over. Mm -hmm. They did. It was kind of a cool sight. Yeah, better than carrying them through. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a good day for you today. We're with you for the next couple of hours if you're just joining us. And we really kind of talk about uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, Hoosiers, uh, things, people, places, events. And uh, if it's your first time, we're glad you're here with us this morning. A couple of hours. And then we've got Fox News Sunday for you at the top of the hour when it strikes noon. Uh, We've got a Colts game today, 4 o'clock kickoff. In Las Vegas, I saw that uh, there was some sort of former football player that said that uh, Jim Irsay just hires his drinking buddies. And, you know, I was thinking about that as we look ahead to Jeff Saturday now taking over as head coach. And I thought about that statement, you know, about Jim Irsay hired his drinking buddy. So, listen, if that's a shock to any of you about managers and leaders hiring their friends, their drinking buddies in, in corporate America, you, you, it happens all the time. And if you think about it, sometimes they say that's a wise decision, right? Because you're hiring somebody you trust, somebody that you know very well, somebody that you work with or try to, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But to think that that's a surprise, if that statement is true, uh, that's not a surprise. You, that's, that happens all over the world in business. Leaders hire their friends in some instances because it just works and they trust them. It's just part of the industry. Part of the industry, Kylan. You're get new, used to it. Get, get used to it. Is right. <laughs> well, I think it's like listening to radio shows. I don't want to listen to someone that I wouldn't want to actually sit down and have coffee with in the morning. Right. That's not for me. Right. You want to hire, you want to sit and listen to somebody you, that could be your friend. Exactly. <laughs> this is such a good point for such a young, young woman. Brilliant. 
Terry, I'm not kidding so you kind. either. Oh. It's 10:09 now at uh, here, and we are, as I mentioned, a couple of hours. We got some really good guests for you today. We're going to talk a lot about. Um, What was it? (laughs) Oh, well, there's a lot of things that are going on today. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk to Grace Sullivan, who is a Carmel grad, and she is in the United States Naval Academy, and she's in the Glee Club. And they are here performing Veterans Day concerts with the Hilbert Circle, at the Hilbert Circle Theater with the orchestra. And uh, they've got a show coming up at 2 o'clock and caught up with her, and she's amazing. Also, we're going to check in with Fred Glass. This begins World Hunger and Homelessness Week. So we're going to talk to him as we are now in the season of giving and see how Fred's doing. He's fairly new at this job, so we'll see what his plans are and how we can also help. Now, as we mentioned, it gives you this fantastic boost when you come downtown and you see the, the tree and you're starting to get into the holiday spirit. You really are. And it, but it, So while you're downtown, make sure you come downtown today or tomorrow or whenever and see the lights. It's going to be fantastic. The actual flipping of the switch is on the 25th, which is just a couple of weeks away. In fact, I think 12 days now away. Um, but that if that doesn't give you a boost and maybe you need kind of a pep talk from a kindergartner, Kylan found <laughs> a hotline mm-hmm. called Pep Talk. Yep, the Pep Talk hotline. I thought it was pretty pretty good for World Kindness Day being okay. today. Yep. Did you know that studies show when others observe kindness in action, they're more likely to carry out an action also? Five times. It can go five times deep. I think that's so wonderful. And the kindergartners really, really did take this into their hands. You so, can call this hotline anytime. 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 It's sixth grade through kindergartners who are from Westside Elementary in California. And you just dial this little number, dial 7078-PEP-TALK, and they'll share advice on how to deal with <laughs> anger, frustration, anything. So here's one that would be an example for if you're frustrated. When you're feeling mad, you should take three deep breaths and think of things that make you happy. The thing that makes me happy, and I think of happy things that will happen in the future, like going to a friend's house or a cousin's house. If you're frustrated, just take five minutes off. <laughs> so many different things, or even just encouragement. If you need just a little, quite literally, a pep talk. Be grateful for yourself. Be you. I trust that you can make things right. If you're feeling up high and unbalanced, think of groundhogs. It's okay to be different. So many different things. And there's even other options like kids laughing. or Oh, if you let's wanna... kids laughing? Mm-hmm. Okay. There are kids laughing. Do you need to hear the kids laughing? Do you have kids laughing? Did you tape it? I can certainly get it for you. Okay. I would really like to hear the kids laughing. There's nothing better. It sounds like they were just on a that sounds like a horror. It was show. unfortunately not as <laughs> not as exciting as I thought it would be. Like a baby laughing, be, right? A giggle. Oh, they are so cute. That sounds like they're watching something scary. Okay, but there's other like even if you want to hear how awesome you look, you can also oh, dial that hear. option. I'm actually gonna save those. You'll hear one each segment to oh, be you're part of World Kindness Day. It's it's really cute. It, it really is. Pep talk, free hotline, and the project from the students of Westside Elementary, a small town in the town of uh, Heldsburg, California. Uh, teacher Jessica Martin says she hopes the hotline will give callers a little respite from whatever that they're going through. Which, judging from the thousands of calls the hotline gets each day, is quite a lot. So when you need a boost, call Pep Talk seven zero seven nine nine eight. 8410. You are listening to the first day. We're glad you're here with us. It is 1013 93 WIBC. 
I'm in awe, the forest is glowing and I feel so You look better than a star in the sky Thank you, kindergartner pet talk, pep talk It's really kind, I agree 31 degrees and uh, mostly cloudy skies here on Monument Circle. It's 1019. It's November 13th, National World Kindness Day. And next half hour, we'll talk to a documentarian with Indiana Ties that just released a film about how kindness emerged during the early days of COVID. But Kylan, first, we want to talk a little bit about the Indie Winter Farmer's Market. Yeah, it's gone through two weekends now of being open, but it's going to be open pretty much until March, which is really nice because even with the cold weather, even though it's snowing outside... Not now. Not now, thank goodness. But (laughs) with the cold temperatures, it's supposed to be 30 today. Like, you can still get your fresh produce. Don't worry about it. They'll take care of you, that's for sure. And it's founded by Growing Places India, an Indianapolis-based nonprofit, and it's... Well, let's get into it. We do have Shalise Lee here with us to talk about Growing Places Indy and the NDU Winter Farmers Market. She's the Community Impact Director. So, Shalise, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Shalise, how did you get involved with the Farmers Market? Absolutely. So, um, in 2021, I decided to start a small backyard garden and realized that I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And so, I went online and was kind of just like looking for help. I found some YouTube videos, but I also saw that this place called Growing Places Indie would show me how to um, have a garden. And they were local. And I said, okay, well, let me look. Looked in further and discovered that they offered a uh, apprenticeship program for adults. And so I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, looking to get out of the house, and I signed up. The program was a year long. I started in June of 2021, um, did that for a year, and that's where I became familiar with our Indie Winter Farmers Market. I volunteered throughout the winter and at the end of the season, I was like, okay, I don't want to leave. How can I be more involved? And it just so happened that there was a position open and I became the community impact director and the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) With the apprenticeship, which anyone can really sign up for, what would you say is the greatest thing that you learned from that apprenticeship? I learned so much, um, but on, so I have to say on a deeper level, like being on the farm, um, just me and nature and the sun and the plants, like I, it just put me in a different frame of mind. It was transformative. My mental health improved. And so that was really like what kept me coming but the additional benefit is like learning to grow your own food. And like I said, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have four children. And so now they know how to grow food. And it's just a skill that you can pass down to your kids and you can, uh, you know, teach other people. So just farming and gardening in general is just a great skill to have, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you describe what Growing Places Indie is about and more so beyond the farmer's markets? Sure. So Growing Places Indy is um, a small urban farm where we not only teach people how to grow food, but we also connect people to food. So um, through our farm where we donate 50 percent of what we grow to the community, um, we have a farmer's market on site. And then we also partner with um, SNAP to offer a triple match program for people that 
participate in SNAP, um, that just want to increase those dollars. Um, that's what we do. We just connect people to food. Can you talk a little bit more about SNAP and what exactly that is for people? Absolutely. So SNAP is formally known as EBT. People that have SNAP are lower to no income. It's a, a program where you see money monthly for food. With Growing Places, we offer the option for SNAP card holders to come to our markets, and we take $20 of um, their choice. You know, they can allot any amount, but we match up to $20. So if they bring $20 to the market and say, I'd like to have this match, they walk away with $60 at our markets. We um, have a $20 Fresh Bucks credit where you can use on produce and then growing places um, through the donations and individual giving will match an, an additional $20. So we can take that 20 turn it into 60 and it turns into um, a, you know, a half a week's worth of food for a family. What would you say is your favorite thing about farmer's markets? My favorite thing about farmer's market is the community and kind of being around people, even if you're not, you know, a people person, if you're a people watcher, just having that the atmosphere is wonderful. We're currently um, location is at the AMP at 16 Tech. And so if you've been there, you know, it's a food hall where there are our vendors and then there's the AMP's regular vendors. So you're surrounded by food, you're surrounded by music, you're surrounded by people. It's just a great place to be. There's plenty of free parking there as well, right? Absolutely. There are three different lots um, that are free. There's the, the front lot, which is right in front of the amp and then there's the parking garage that is really new and it will shelter your car from all the snow this this winter so um and then there's mm-hmm. a side lot also and all of that parking when you come to the market on saturdays is free if anything what makes this one different than what you would see at a summer farmer's market this market is different um i think that number one the amount of people that come out to the winter market um, supersedes our summer market. Um, I think that you're really? in the house in the winter. You want fresh produce. It's hard to mm-hmm. get in the winter. You know, you there are not farm stands on every corner in the winter like there are in the summer. And so we, our partnership with local Indiana farmers is a wonderful thing. We've got 14 produce farmers at the farmer's market. So there's no shortage of produce and, and it's the season. Okay. So we're going into the Christmas and Thanksgiving season and it's just, you have that kind of feeling, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I'm excited so everyone, for it. Everyone is in a great mood. It's just, it's a great market. I'm so proud to be a part of it. I'm so grateful that uh, the AMP at 16 Tech has welcomed us back. They've been a great partner. Um, We also have our sponsors, Eskenazi, Indigo, and Citizens. They have been great in helping us get this market off the ground every year. You mentioned that the produce is still fresh. Mm -hmm. Is there any difference to what produce is offered in comparison to other times of the year? Um, not really. You know, we typically tomatoes are really hard to get in the winter just because they grow in the heat. Um, but Growing Places has a year-round greenhouse that we've 
that we've uh, started operating this fall. And so we plan to have those. So I don't think that there's going to be a shortage in um, that summer produce that people crave so much this year. I'm excited about it because the tomato was great in January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for you guys and for you just being able to witness how everything has been run for the last few years, what's the hardest part about trying to host a farmer's market? I think that one of the most difficult things is um, funding. You know, we are a small nonprofit. Our mm-hmm. team is four people, literally. And so um, with capacity and funding, it's just um, that's the most challenging part. But once all those parts come together, we've got incredible donors um, on our website. You know, you can donate, but we've got our individual donors and um, regular market donors. And it's just they really come through for us and try to make that burden, um, you know, lessen. If people do want to donate, how can they do that? Straight to the IndieWinterFarmersMarket.org website. Um, There's a Donate Now pop-up that'll come up. And we are so grateful for, um, you know, any support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would personally like to mention about Indie Winter Farmers Market? Um, I think that I would just like to personally invite everyone who can hear to come out. We would love to have you. Uh, when you walk in, we're the first table, the Growing Places Indie table. So come stop by, say hi. If you're a SNAP participant, come and triple those dollars and come hang out with us for a weekend. Oh, you are so sweet, Shalise. Again, <laughs> like she said, go there. And then if you see Shalise, be sure to thank her for being here and giving us all this information. Because Shalise, truly, thank you for your time and sharing thank all this. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. Again, Shalise Lee, Community Impact Director at Growing Places Indie and Co-Director of Indie Winter Farmers Market. And then a quick shout out to Victoria Beattie, who's also a Co-Executive Director of the Indie Winter Farmers Market for helping set this all up. IndieWinterFarmersMarket.org for more information about those Saturday farmers markets. Coming up, we're going to talk to a documentarian with Indiana Ties that just released a film about how kindness emerged during the early days of COVID, as this is National World Kindness Day. 1029... Top stories are coming up next on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is Terry Stacy. Well, there's a new documentary titled Pivot, Paying It Forward, which tells the true stories of how people gave back during the pandemic. And joining us now is award-winning documentarian and director Tom Donato. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. This is, is this your first documentary? Yeah, uh, I am grateful that I had the uh, chance to, during the pandemic, um, go out and, and shoot a, uh, a, a documentary uh, of people doing positive things. And yes, it is my first documentary and um, the accolades around the world uh, of, of festivals has been phenomenal. And I'm, I'm just so grateful 
uh, just to have this opportunity. It was just fantastic. Perfect timing for us to get to talk to you as we head into this season of giving and gratitude. And Tom, by the way, is a 30-year veteran news journalist, and he's covered stories such as the bombing at the Summer Olympics in 1996 in Atlanta, uh, the 9-11 terrorist attacks, and also involved in the coverage of the George Floyd protest and the start of the COVID pandemic. What really inspired you as a director to tell these positive stories of the pandemic? Well, the pandemic is a little bit different. uh, compared to stories like 9-11, 9-11 was an event that happened, and I would say um, in a news cycle, seriously went for like four months in the New York area at least. Then with the pandemic, you know, it was such a long period of time, and with all the other negative news stories going on at the same time, I think there was an overload. And I felt working on the news desk covering these stories, I felt compelled to go out in the field with a with a fellow filmmaker of mine uh, in New, from New Jersey and just start covering stories where people actually were doing some positive things during the pandemic, where people were actually donating meals to frontline workers, feeding people that lost their jobs at food pantries, pastors who uh, a pastor who you know made uh, banana pudding to help pay for the electric bills uh, in his church in Brooklyn. So um, those kind of stories just took me off guard. I mean, the initial concept was to go out and and show survival. But during that survival um, interview process, I found a lot of goodwill, you know, humanity. And I don't think we get to see a lot of stories about humanity nonstop like we do see all the negative stories that are reported continuously between news, politics, and everything else. And I think those stories need to be pushed out. And uh, so I submitted it to over 200 festivals around the world. And uh, it's done really well. Um, People in Indonesia have been grateful for the fact that this film got them through the pandemic, because when you watch it, it gives you hope. It makes you want to get out and do something or help somebody else. And uh, that's what makes me feel very proud. Once you see those stories, it, it really becomes kind of contagious. You just want to you want to do the same thing. It affects you. So you covering those stories, did it affect you personally in the sense that you felt that desire to do to do good? Well, that's the thing. I, I could not stop um, to, to submit this film worldwide. You, you actually have to pay the festivals to submit it. Yeah. So I, I just yeah. opened up my uh, savings account and I just kept on uh, pushing and pushing it. Um, you know, worldwide. Um, I, I didn't care what the cost was going to be. Um, just, I just wanted people to hear the message. And I, also, it's a good reflection on Americans. Yeah. Um, you know, because I did get to send the film over to uh, China, the Middle East, um, and, you know, uh, Russia, Ukraine. And I wanted uh, people internationally to, to understand that Americans are really good people and they do like to help others. Uh, especially if they have the opportunity to do that. Uh, I'm not saying financially. I'm saying, you know, donating their time or like the therapist that I interviewed in the film told me, um, you know, go out, go, uh, make a plate of cookies for the nurse next door or, you know, cook up a plate of lasagna or something like that and give it to somebody else. I found myself uh, cutting uh, people's grass just uh, for free, just to, ha- to help them, uh, just like um, um, the person I had in the film who uh, has this I Want to Mow Your Lawn uh, uh, organization uh, cutting seniors uh, grass for free around the country now. It's expanded from New Jersey um, across the United States. So those kind of things. Um, 
Yeah. And that took place. Um, th- uh, by the way, this is Tom DiDonato. He's a director of a film called, it's a documentary titled Pivot, Paying It Forward. And it's telling the true stories of how people gave back during the pandemic. It's awesome. Did social media help you find uh, people that were doing unique and good things for others during the pandemic? Well, I, just being a news editor on the desk, I, I just have that instinct to look for things uh, on social media. Also, contacts. I, I A couple of uh, good colleagues, uh, friends, colleagues of mine that I work with on the film gave me some leads to like a master chef, David Burke, who donated 100,000 meals to frontline workers in the New York, New Jersey area. Um, so, so Vermont, for example, I was going to do a story about an art gallery that made desks for children at home that were stuck at home for during the pandemic. And it led to an organization called Chester Helping Hands that donates meals from all small local restaurants to uh, the community for free once a week. From that story, it led to a 10-year-old boy by the name of Sawyer Van Houten, who uh, during the pandemic went out with his camera and took black and white photos of just pivotal moments during the pandemic. If it was an eighth grade drive through graduation, if it was a military send-off, and with the black and white photos, it just added a special touch to it, and, and that was one of the segments of the film. Somebody unexpectedly trying to do good and share positive memories and thoughts during the pandemic makes made it into the film. And I, I wanted to spread the film out in, um, nationally, so I, I did go to, like I said, Vermont. Um, I had a stringer of mine uh, shoot a story uh, of a woman in Colorado who climbed over uh, over 60, 60 different peaks of 15,000 feet or higher. She made the actual cover of the poster cover of the film that's now airing on live stream in the country on uh, Zumo TV. And also it's uh, being distributed in classrooms nationwide as well uh, on a website called Planet Classroom. Good. Which is on YouTube. As I mentioned in the beginning, you've got 30 years you've been telling stories of some historic moments and tragedies in time. And I bet you have met some pretty amazing everyday heroes that emerged from crisis. Yes, it does. It definitely does. And um, sometimes the everyday hero is the person um, at home right now listening to this radio report. That's the everyday hero, the person that can walk out the door and make the decision to think positively as opposed to negatively that day. That one positive thought, that one act of giving, that one act of volunteerism or helping somebody else. You know, a friend of mine told me that he likes to try and make somebody laugh at least once a day. That's his goal Mm -hmm. uh, since the pandemic, right? So, or do something funny. I think compared to the everyday heroes I've I've met in in natural disasters and community giving, and, and thank you to all the work they did, especially during the pandemic, and to a lot of the storms this year in the Midwest, I mean, it's been just a very challenging, challenging time. But at the same time, I think we have to rally together as a community and start sharing these positive stories on social media ourselves. You know, if your daughter even opens a lemonade stand out in the front and takes right. that money and donates it to somebody, you know, or an organization or a local a community organization, I think that's very, very important. Yeah. But not only just to do it, but I'm not saying you're bragging about it, but just put that photo on, on Facebook or uh, on one of the other Instagram or to, uh, to whatever you prefer and share that story. And when people get up every day and they see that, that's going to inspire them to do something. And I think that's where we need to take control of the media flow in this country 
through social media. We need to take charge and keep on showing positive, positive stories that show acts of giving or kindness. I think we'll get through this negative time. Tom DiDonato, uh, director of Pivot, Paying It Forward. Go to didoproductions.com. Also, YouTube, Planet Classroom for Teachers, and then Zumo TV, X-U-M-O TV. Tom, thank you so very much. My heart is with Indiana since I went to school there. So I you, love, wait, love wait a minute, what? <laughs> I can't tell you because I might lose half the state. You know, <laughs> no, you're not a politician. You say, I in, <laughs> can we just say I went to school in Indiana? I went to college in Indiana and that's it? Let's, I don't want to pick sides. Did you go to IU? Purdue? Uh, I went north Purdue. Oh, I went to Purdue. Oh, you went to Purdue? Oh, you, yes. you have a lot of fans. I had a, uh, my neighbor was uh, went to IU, and so well, I was in touch. I can't, well, you went to, but why did you go to Purdue? Were you, did you think you wanted to be an astronaut? Uh, a meteorologist. But ended up doing journalism. Well, you, you know what? That's because you were supposed to. It was meant to be. Yeah, I guess. I guess this is, at this point in my life, something just uh, told me to go out and do this. So actually, a friend of mine uh, said, you know what? You should try documentaries. She told me this a couple years ago. And unfortunately, she, she just passed from uh, cancer. But so I went out and I called a friend of mine that I knew from her previous uh, work experience. And we went out and just started shooting. And uh, it's like a six, it was a six to eight month process. And then there it is. This all happened within two years. A total difference in my life. It's amazing. I got a weird sign. And uh, if you believe in that stuff, I do. I went with it. So God gave me an opportunity yeah. to um, share my talent through positive stories. I, th- people, I love people it. Helping others. It's a great gift you have. And we're glad you are sharing that gift through a documentary. And uh, I can't wait to see it, Tom. Thank you well, so much for giving us some of your time. You. When I come out for homecoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop by. Please do. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Tom. You. 1046. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yeah. Bro, you looking great. Happy World Kindness Day. That was a little... A little pep talk, just a brief pep talk from kindergartners. It's called Kindergartner Pep Talk. <laughs> a but free hotline. Talk is spelled T-O-C. Right. Like your TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Good job, Terry. See? I'm so proud of you. You're kidding. I'm cooler every day when I get to know you. 1051, and it is uh, now the sun is shining on Monument Circle when you make your way downtown. Back to work. Uh, for those of you that aren't working today, you'll see the Monument Circle is now transformed into the Circle of Lights. Just 12 days before we flip the switch. Uh, we have got some fan. Yeah, I love that song. That song that you opened up with. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, and we've got some fantastic music news for you from our friend Sam Fritz. Here's the first day music report. Music fans, it's time to fill up your concert calendar with events happening throughout the state of Indiana this week. The Trinity of Terror Tour returns to Indiana tonight as Ice Nine Kills, The Black Veil Brides, and Motionless and White will be performing in Gary. This jam-packed show opens up early with doors at 5.30. Monday, folk artist Daniel Nunnally will be on stage at the Bishop in Bloomington. On Wednesday, the unique pop-rock trio, The Happy Fits, take to the deluxe at Old National Center. I'll be in the crowd for this one as they perform songs off their new album, Under the Shade of Green. Additionally, that night you could be seeing the nitty-gritty Dirt Band in Chipshawana or hip-hop duo Black 
Black Violin in Fort Wayne. Thursday in Indianapolis, you've got the best of both worlds, with rapper Juicy J performing at the Vogue and country singers Russell Dickerson and Drew Green live at the Egyptian Room. Finally, on Friday, you can get in the holiday spirit with some rock and roll as the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is in Fort Wayne at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Americana artist Todd Snyder will be in Indianapolis, and so will country musician Frank Ray as he takes to the stage at the 8 Second Saloon. Want more music and tour updates throughout the week? Be sure to follow me on Twitter at the letters IND Music Report. Virtual band The Gorillas released a third single from their forthcoming album Cracker Island last week. This song, titled Baby Queen, features a transcendent groove that is very reminiscent of an earlier Gorillas project, Plastic Beach. Powered by a constant bass line, the song evolves with multiple synth melodies that layer over the bass and create a colorful track that floats along beautifully. Cracker Island is due out in February of 2023, and personally, this song has reinvigorated my interest in the project. While the album's self-titled single featuring Thundercat was a fun bop to start things off, the second song released, New Gold, featuring Tame Impala and Booty Brown, sort of hit my ears the wrong way, feeling more like a Tame Impala song with the Gorillas and not the other way around. With Baby Queen, the band is two for three in my book, and I'm still extremely interested to hear what the other featured artists will sound like with the band, especially Fleetwood Mac's Stevie Nicks, who will be collaborating with the Gorillas for the first time on this album. Time isn't the only thing that will tell if Cracker Island is worth a listen. You can too. Tweet your opinions to me in text or video form at IND Music Report to hear yourself featured in a future listener feedback segment. Next Sunday is the American Music Awards, and you have just one day left to make your voice heard on who you think were the best artists and albums of the past year. Hosted by Wayne Brady, the festivities will be broadcast live from Los Angeles on ABC. The AMAs are a nationally recognized music awards show that is dependent entirely on fan voting to determine the winners, but time is running out to cast your vote. While the show itself takes place on November 20th, voting concludes tomorrow, November 14th, at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, if you haven't already, go to billboard.com backslash AMAs vote and cast your ballot for your favorite artist and album in their respective genre of music. Here on First Day and on WIBC, this has been your Music Report. I'm Sam Fritz. Thanks, Sam. Great job. 10.55. Huge congratulations to everyone that participated in the Bands of America Grand National Championship. Huge event. But even more congratulations to the two Indiana schools that took number one and number two. Carmel, number one, and then Avon in second place. Congratulations. And then also a shout out to Brownsburg and Fishers for getting eighth and tenth place as well. That's fantastic. Good job, Indiana. Congratulations. All right. Today's top stories are coming up next on Not Yet. (laughs) If you want to talk some more, that's up to you, Terry, or else I can just play some fun music. I looked at her and her eyes went, no, no, not yet. (laughs) Don't take a break just yet. We've got an hour, uh, still another hour of the first day coming up. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, well, we will introduce you to Grace Sullen if you don't know Grace. Grace is back home again to sing with the United States Naval Academy Glee Club. And they've got a concert coming up today at 2 o'clock. You'll hear more about that. And uh, also a study. It's Alzheimer's Awareness Week, or month, in fact, and well, there's a study that you can participate in, and uh, it's a pretty interesting trial. So we'll hear more, hear more about that as well. Now, today's top stories, they're coming up next on 93 WIBC. That's why I'm here.